Hey Outlaws, welcome to episode number 53. There are those people in life who you get to know, right? You get to know them in some capacity. I think in the online space, this looks a little bit different because we can, sometimes we can feel like we really know people, but they don't know who we are. And I think that's a really interesting concept. It's something that happens a lot in, you know, if you follow certain YouTubers or it can happen even through podcasts, right? You you recognize someone's voice and then you see them in real life and you're like, oh, that's really strange. Um, But there's those people that you just, you get to know in a certain capacity and you just, you want to sit down and have a conversation with them. You're like, I want to ask you questions. I want to know your thoughts and your opinions. And that's exactly how I feel about today's guest. So today we are joined by Lindley Ashline. She is a fat positive photographer, writer, and activist. I have followed Lindley's work for quite some time in the online space, mostly on Instagram, and I've been a member of her email newsletter for a while as well, following her journal prompts around weight stigma and fat phobia reading the articles that she has written about her own experiences, but also um, sharing, she, she does a wonderful job of sharing other people's experiences in the online space. And as someone who identifies as a fat person, there is much to be said for finding photography and stock photography at that, which is inclusive of all body types, uh, all races, and it really captures real life, I should say. So Lindley Ashline creates photo- photographs that create the unique unique beauty of bodies that fall outside of conventional beauty standards, right? She fights weight stigma by giving fat people a safe place to explore how their bodies look on camera and by increasing the representation of fat bodies in photography, advertising, fine art, and the world at large. Lindley is also the creator of Body Liberation Stock and the Body Love Shop, which is a curated resource for body-friendly products and artwork. You can find more of Lindley's work and get her free weekly body liberation guide at bit.ly, which is B-I-T dot L-Y slash body liberation guide. We will make sure that that is linked into the show notes. So today you get to hear this conversation, the questions I have wanted to ask Lindley for quite some time. I'm going to be honest, when I got the email from her saying, I want to be on as many podcasts as I can before the end of the year, I was like, oh, oh, yay. Finally, I I was like, I'm not scared to just say, hey, I have a podcast. So that is how this all came about. And it was a great conversation that we sat down and had. Um, I'm so excited for you to listen in to the things that we're going to talk about. So some of the things we're going to be covering in today's episode, we're going to be talking about size diversity in photography and stock photos. We're going to be talking about Lindley's lived experience in a fat body, general body image and body positivity. But we're also going to talk about social media and the impact of being a fat person with a business. This is something that I was really interested to find out from her because I know my own lived experience of being a fat person with a business because typically I don't see that many people who look like me with businesses and I think that's really interesting and I have many thoughts and ideas but for today let's listen in to Lindy's thoughts and her conversation and I cannot wait for you to just 
absorb this conversation. You're listening to Entrepreneurial Outlaws, a podcast for creatives, introverts, empaths, and spiritual folks who want to grow a sustainable and impactful business on their own terms. We're here to meet you at the intersection of strategy, spirituality, and self-inquiry so that we can create our own versions of success and grow businesses that serve our personal goals and creativity just as much as it serves our audiences. Together, we are paving the way for a new normal in online business, one that allows you to lean into what makes you and your business unique. And I'm your host, Melanie Knights, storyteller and outlaw mentor with a nose for the bullshit. I'm here to help you unpack the bro marketing strategies and entrepreneurial myths that lead us to overthink our business decisions because overthinking is a feminist issue. The antidote, your intuition. So get ready as each week we have the messy, honest and transparent conversations about entrepreneurship, the kind that's missing from the highlight reels of our social media feeds. We're uncovering the real stories behind what it takes to run a sustainable online business on your own terms, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Ready to break the rules and become an entrepreneurial outlaw? Let's do this. So today we are joined by Lynn Lee, who is a fat positive photographer, writer, and activist. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am very excited to sit down and have this conversation with you. And whilst I formally introduced you earlier, would you mind just taking a moment to introduce yourself in your own words? Yeah. Uh, My name is Lindley Ashline. I use she, her pronouns. And I'm a photographer, writer, and uh, body acceptance activist, fat activist, Uh, I have my hands in a lot of pies, my fingers in a lot of pies. (laughs) So I do a lot of different things. Um, I do client photography, stock photography, uh, writing, consulting, uh, and I have a web shop as well with uh, goods goods and artwork made by fat and other marginalized people. Yes. And I originally came across your work looking for stock photography. So I was, every so often I would go off and look for stock photography and try very hard to find photography that um, either represented my body shape and my body type, but also just didn't look like run-of-the-mill stock photography. And I came across your work and, and I don't know, maybe a couple of years ago now, Um. And I was just so intrigued and and with all of the things that you do and I'm on your email list and I love seeing how you share this work and the conversations that you have on social media. So I'm really happy to finally get to do this. Um, and for everybody listening to be able to learn from you as well and hear your own experiences as a business owner and as a fat positive photographer and an activist as well. So Today, as we talk about the work you do and your lived experience in a fat body and as a business owner, one of the topics that I've covered a couple of times here is how we can build diverse and inclusive businesses, specifically in our marketing. Mm -hmm. And your work has been mentioned on the show before, so I would love to start there. I mean, let's talk about size diversity in photography and stock photos, when and how did you start Body Liberation Stock Photography? 
Well, I started, um, I'd been doing nature photography for a very, very long time uh, before I started working with people photography. Um, <laughs> and in 2015, um, I left a really terrible corporate job and started my photography business. And, uh, and so I had to learn to photograph people. And I took about six months and, and did a lot of training before I left my full-time job uh, to, to learn how to do portrait and and uh, boudoir photography. And that's the, the type of client photography that I do. But as I got started with that, um, I knew I wanted to work with people in larger bodies, fat people, um, partly because I'd been involved in the fat acceptance community for a long time. Um, and partly because it was a market opportunity that n at the time, nobody else was serving that population. And, mm -hmm. uh, and just for reference, I'm outside Seattle in the United States. And uh, in, I think it was 2017, uh, Getty Images, which is a major um, stock and editorial photography service, uh, they do they do stock photos, really beautiful, high quality stock photos, and also things like red carpet photos uh, and and news photos. At any rate, they released a collection of stock photos that was like a body positive collection, and it was marketed. Um, it, it got a ton of press, and it was marketed as being um, inclusive and representative, and and marketed as being great for small business owners and all the body positive folks in my circles were very excited about this until we all went and looked at the actual photos. And, and it turned out that this collection was not necessarily all it was hyped up to be because um, the people in the photos, they're, they're lovely photos, uh, but the people in those photos are uh, what we might call model fat. <laughs> they're, they're plus size models. Um, but that, that means that they're still either um, at least in the U.S., what would be considered an average size body or a little below. Um, so, yes, they were bigger than the people, uh, the, the size of the people you typically see in stock photos, but they weren't really representing anything more than, you know, the average size body. So, uh, so not only that, but they were very expensive, um, mm -hmm. hundreds of dollars to use one photo. And, and that, that is out of the reach of most small businesses. Um, you had to renew the license every five years if you were going to keep using the photo. And finally, the photos were editorial use only, which means you can't use them in your marketing. And I got so mad. <laughs> I was like, is this, <laughs> is this really the best that we can do? This is so inadequate. Mm -hmm. And I had been photographing people for a couple of years at that point. Um, I had all these portfolio shots that I had taken and I was doing a lot of portfolio building and I said, what, you know, there's nothing stopping me from um, getting permission from the people I've been working with, um, who were mostly regular people and not trained models. Um, there's nothing stopping me from getting permission from them to use these as stock photos and also to shoot stock photos going forward. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I just I just started doing it. Honestly, honestly, a lot of my activism is because I get annoyed about something or I get mad about something. <laughs> um, embracing my anger and my frustration and pointing them towards productive and world changing ends has been the impetus for most of my work. And and it's a very sort of cleansing anger when I'm able to put it towards something like that. Um, but I just started producing these stock photos. And the more that I worked on them, the clearer it was how much how big the need is 
for for stock photos that are representing everyone who's not a thin white person who who is able-bodied um and, and as one person i can't possibly feel all of that need myself so i'm also recruiting uh, other photographers and and paid contributors to body liberation stock so that we can fill even more of this and as a white woman um you know i want more perspectives than just my own on the site too um but that's an ongoing work um but it just the need is so great for people to be able to represent more people than thin white models yeah yeah, I mean, I'm so I'm very similar. I get very angry, <laughs> kind of how this podcast started um, about something. And, you know, as you described it, putting and channeling that energy into, you know, activism or changing the way things are done. And, you know, I think that I have so many thoughts, personal thoughts around entrepreneurship, the online space. And in this case, you know, using photography and in our marketing, I mean, when you, as you're describing it, you know, these, these photos from Getty images, which, you know, other than the fact that are astronomically expensive and cannot be used in the way that we would need also not very diverse, even if they are really beautiful. And I think this is something that we see so often. We see, you know, as you put it, you one person perhaps can't ensure that everyone's um, everyone's needs are met or that all marginalized community, communities are actually t- part of, of the bigger picture. But so the fact that you are reaching out and diversifying by reaching out and bringing in other photographers and other um, other contributors is so important because I think this is so often where we kind of as solo business owners can slip up in our work as well by looking at everything through our own lens or through that one voice so that's I, I just love everything that you're doing in terms of continuing to do that work and also continuing to bring in other voices and other other um other contributors to that as well. And I'm really curious to, you know, besides obviously this, you know, these images and this incident that kind of, you know, really frustrated you and led you to starting to take these photographs, could you share a little bit about your own lived experience in a fat body and what it's like to be running an online business in particular and some of the things that can happen when we are actively speaking up and doing that in a very public forum like Instagram or on social media in in general. Oh, this is such a, such a big topic. Um, I'm debating where to dive in. So as a, um, as a person (laughs) rather than as a business or a brand, um, I was not a fat child. Um, I was mm-hmm. sort of an average size kid until I hit puberty. And then, uh, and so I was, um, I also have anxiety and I'm autistic. So, um, I was bullied as a kid and I had some, some other things going on, but none of them were related to the size of my body. Um, once I hit puberty and suddenly looked like every other, uh, woman in my family, uh, we're, you know, we're German peasants. <laughs> we look like German peasants. Uh, we, we all have, um, you know, big hips, big childbirthing hips and large breasts and, and very comfortable roly poly bodies. Um, 
suddenly the world disapproved of my body. And, and I was, I had quite a bit of a uh, sudden introduction to that, but mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I felt horrible about my body, like many people do through my young adulthood and uh, through my 20s and in my late 20s and early 30s. About 10 to 15 years ago, I discovered I, I stumbled upon the fat acceptance community um, and started reading about the science of bodies and and why diets don't work and and about, you know, accepting your body and working through all those things. And and from there by the time I started my business, um, it was just a natural fit to integrate those beliefs and frameworks into my business. Um, but it has been, um, more difficult being a marginalized business owner. Um, but also someone who focuses on marginalized people. So there, there's kind of two different, two different aspects there. Um, as a fat business owner, I find that, um, to be blunt, my the progress and growth of my business are slower than people who started similar businesses at similar times. It is more difficult for me to network. It's more difficult for me to make connections. Um, people aren't as eager to promote me and my work um, because the weight stigma and the fat phobia that infuse our culture, uh, the culture of the entire developed world as a whole, um, are certainly expressed in business as well and entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's no, there's no escaping it. So, so I have um, had a different experience than someone who is in a more socially acceptable body. Um, but that said, I still have the privileges and the advantages of being a white woman who lives in the United States. <laughs> Don't get yeah. me wrong. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and so as a business owner, if you live in some kind of marginalized body, which many, many, many of us do in some way or another, um, you kind of have to choose how much of your um, of your personality and your body that you're going to include in your brand presence. And some people choose to hide. And I think that's a totally valid decision. Um, some people sort of don't really put the photos, they might put headshots, but, but like not full body photos or anything online. Um, you know, they might choose to downplay the presence of their personal physical body, um, as a self-protective measure. And I think that's a, a perfectly valid way to go. Um, especially if you were in a life position where, um, like I don't have kids, I don't have a day job. I mean, I do, but it's my own business. (laughs) So, so I am not, um, if I, uh, put myself in positions where I may face stigma, it's not affecting my career. It's not affecting, um, my social circle, you know, I mean, my, like my support network. Um, and so, and, and it does affect, you know, it does affect again, my professional connections and my, my career as far as my own business goes. So I can totally understand why people would not want to subject themselves to the penalties of, of being seen in a marginalized body as a business owner. Um, for me, um, hiding that way never really seemed like an option. Um, because partly as a photographer who's invested in, you know, representing larger bodies, I felt like I couldn't hide my own. 
Um, but also since my business is focused on marginalized people, um, that also, you know, subjects my business to weight stigma. There are, you know, again, the, there have been penalties for that. So given that I'm incurring those penalties anyway, I might as well show my own body too. <laughs> and it, and it, um, it is something that because I have the privilege and the safety to do that, it helps other people feel like they have permission to do that as well. So there's all kinds of benefits to doing that, but there are penalties as well. Um, you know, I get, like I said, people are less likely to want to work with me. Um, people are, um, I get trolled and harassed. I've been doxxed, which is where somebody releases your personal information or your location um, mm. to the internet. So I've had my, I've had my, my location of where I live exposed by troll farms. Um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly uh, deleting troll comments. And, and the thing is that, you know, this isn't, this doesn't need to be a huge discussion of trolling, but, uh, you know, I think almost everybody experiences that at some point, but the more marginalizations you have, the more you are subjected to that. And it can be yeah. really discouraging as a business owner to be constantly having to delete Instagram comments or, or Twitter comments or whatever. Um, so I think, again, I, I don't blame anyone who chooses to self-protect by not doing that. Um, and I think when we talk about representation and talk about marketing, um, it plays into that as well. Because um, say I'm a massage therapist um, and I have a website <laughs> and uh, my website does not have any bodies on it. It's all like beautiful river stones and, and, and lakes and peaceful things and lotus blossoms and so on. Um, yeah. because, I'm, because I'm afraid to put my body out there and I, you know, I don't know how to, uh, I, I, I'm kind of stuck because I don't want to just represent, you know, that, you know, that really cliche stock, stock photo of the, um, the thin white woman with brown hair. She's laying on her, laying on her stomach on a massage table and uh, with her arms underneath her and there's like stones stacked up beside her, beside her. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that photo. It's one of the, one of the classics. Um, and like, maybe I don't want to just use that, but I don't know what else to use. Um, and I'm worried that if I put any fat bodies on my website, um, if I, if I put my fat body on my website, maybe people are going to be grossed out and not want to work with me. Um, mm -hmm. And maybe if I put other fat bodies, well, first off, where would I find them? You know, I don't know about Lindley's website, so I don't know where I would find fat bodies related to massage anyway. Um, but then also, are people not going to want to work with me? Are people going to be turned off by seeing fat bodies? Period. Yeah. And so there's all these, all these deep, it, deep decisions and things that pull on deep um, social currents, both in ourselves and in, you know, and then the way people respond to our marketing. Um but the thing is that representing those people, um, if I if I'm on that massage therapist and I'm worried about attracting only people who are thin, yeah, then then that's a concern. But maybe nobody else in my town is serving fat massage clients. So maybe if I'm putting fat bodies on my website, that's a major market opportunity because all the fat people are gonna feel safe with me. So, yeah. so, you know, there's give and take here there. It's a balance. Um, 
And the more that we normalize fat bodies in marketing and in the media, the less risky it becomes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have so many questions. (laughs) So many things I want to discuss with you and thoughts. Um, Yeah. I, it's, it's, I wanted to go back to, to one of the things that you were talking about um, in terms of, you know, hiding or not even, it's not even hiding, you know, it's kind of preserving your own feelings and how you feel about your own body. And interestingly, this is something I have been very aware of in my own business because um, many of you know, those listening will know this, but I started out my business in the health and fitness industry. And whilst I was considered quote, a plus size trainer at the time, um, you know, I definitely, I never felt like I fit in. And over time, my body has definitely changed. And I notice the impact that has on my business. And there are always questions that I sometimes ask myself, or sometimes those thoughts will come in. Like, you know, my business, I know that my business doesn't grow at the rate of others because of the decisions I make in terms of my marketing and the way I decide to run my business, because I don't follow a lot of the traditional marketing tools and resources. But in addition to that, you know, these are things that come up for myself, you know, is it because of my body? Um, and I can't, I'm not willing to change that, but it's also a very valid question. And one of the things that I think is really interesting is how we may make those choices. I think I make those choices for my own business without even necessarily realizing at times, you know, the way in which I will take a certain photo or the parts of me that I will share. But you recently did an Instagram TV video where you were touching on this subject as well. And you were talking about um, within, you know, when we have these websites and when we have these um, areas where we want to showcase people in our business, um, depending on which industry we're in and how we can be quote authentic without putting ourselves in that position of getting about those hateful comments or, you know, potentially losing customers or business. And as you said, I think it's a really difficult line because if you don't put, you know, and, and again, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, but you, when you don't put your own image on the website and you do that as a choice, it's, it's interesting to know what would then happen when people do come to work with you or see you and those kinds of things. And I'm, I think it's such a complex, it's such a complex conversation. And yet it's also a conversation that is so important. And I don't think I'm, it's so interesting to me in the ways in the last couple of years, business has really changed and shifted in a lot of, you know, it's still hurtful and very toxic, but there are things that have changed. And yet this conversation is not something that I'm seeing all the time. And, you know, I, I don't see a lot of business owners that look like me and I don't see a lot of people talking about these things in terms of business. And I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, I'm so drawn to what you do because as well as that, you know, these are conversations I have with my fat friends, you know, we talk about that and, you know, they've said to me, I'm looking for a, 
a fat hairdresser, somebody who I'm going to feel more comfortable with. And these are things that take a little bit of extra thought in terms of our businesses and in terms of our marketing, whether we are, no matter what our body size is or whichever, you know, wherever we're at in our business, we need to think about and take those extra steps. So I think it's, it's so it's, it's such an open conversation that there's so many places that we can really look at this in terms of marketing and business. And as you put it in terms of website and sharing other bodies as well and allowing people to feel safe because safe spaces is one of those phrases that has just been really weaponized in the online space as well. Um, and creating safe spaces starts with kind of not just by saying it, it starts way before that by how we show up for other people and how we will potentially, you know, use that in our business within our marketing and imagery and words and language as well. Um, and through consistency of, of, you know, showing that we lead and with that example. So in terms of, you know, in your business, um, and especially, you know, you talked about social media and the impact of, of that. So I'm really curious to hear from you in terms of your business and, and the businesses that you have either worked with or seen, you know, where do you see that there is still a, a need for these conversations and a need for um, diversity in stock photography within small businesses? Oh gosh, everywhere. Um, there are so many opportunities. And I, I kind of feel like, like it's kind of um, two different areas a little bit, as far as, as far as these conversations around authenticity, um, mm. we are in a period of time uh, at no other time in history have business owners been expected to divulge so much of their, their personality and their lives to the public. Um, and of course, this is the first time in history that we've really had the ability to do that anyway. But but like no one goes, uh, you know, 50 years ago, no one would have expected the local shoe repair guy to to, to talk about um, his his mental health challenges in the newspaper. Um, <laughs> you know, that that just wasn't a thing. Um, social media has really, uh, you know, has really increased those demands. Um because now it's now it's not uh, the expectations are so high uh, for us to share pieces of ourselves. Um, so it's not should I have a personal presence in my business, but how much of one? And that that's something that I struggle a bit with because uh, because my business has such a strong activism component. Um, I do talk about uh, sometimes I'll talk about things like parts of my medical history. But I don't want to put all of that on the internet. That's mine. That's my story. Um, you know, and I, I don't talk. Um, I, I am open about um, my autism and anxiety because those are part of the lens of how I see the world. But generally, I don't talk about those in depth because, uh, first off, I feel like in my activism work, I give so much I give so much of myself on the fat side that I don't, I don't, I don't want to share everything else. Um, you know, I'm, I, last year I developed sleep apnea after some major dental work and 
I did share that process because sleep apnea is something is an area of healthcare where there's a ton of fat phobia. Um, and it's difficult to get good care. And I did experience difficulties getting care around that. And so I shared that process and I, I took photos of the sores on my face when trying to get a mask that fit for a CPAP machine. Um, I was open about that, um, but that is very vulnerable. Um, and again, I had the privilege to be able to do that. I, I, again, I'm not, I'm not in a corporate career where that might affect how people see me at work. Um, but it was uncomfortably vulnerable. And, um, and if I, you know, if I had to do that again, I don't know that I would be as open in sharing that because now that's on the internet forever. Um, so, so everybody is going to have a different comfort level with how much they want to share. Um, and I think that it's okay to resist the constant pull of, share more, share more, be more vulnerable, be more vulnerable, because there's, I feel like there's sort of an authenticity spectrum. Um, on, on the one end, you have, I don't know, Coca-Cola, <laughs> you know, nobody expects the CEO of personal, you know, of, of Coca-Cola to tell you personal details about their lives. And on the other, we have maybe something like uh, mental health activists who are talking very vulnerably about these, you know, what goes on in their heads. And, and I think anywhere along that spectrum is okay. Um, but it is more difficult. Vulnerability and authenticity are more difficult for marginalized people because, um, again, to be really blunt, when a 24-year-old thin white blonde woman in the United States um, makes a touching, vulnerable, beautiful Instagram post about her let's say insecurity about her very socially acceptable body, um, she's going to get a ton of support because again, that she lives in a body and, and has privileges that, that make people want to support her. Um, when a size 40 um, us that it's, that's, you know, way out at the end of the size spectrum um, person who is maybe lives in a body of color, maybe they're queer. If they made that exact same post with their body in the exact same pose, um, they there's a good chance they'd be getting death threats. And no, yeah. I'm not exaggerating <laughs> because that's yeah. what people in very large bodies live with. Um, and so vulnerability and authenticity are received differently depending on who you are. So we all have to find our own balance of vulnerability and authenticity versus safety. Um, because depending on how marginalized you are, it can be an issue of physical safety. Uh, like I said, I've had my address revealed to the world on a troll forum and I was very nervous for a few weeks. I was genuinely worried that someone was going to come to my house. So, so you had to find your own balance and there's no right or wrong answer. Um, I wish that I had some kind of firm guidelines to give, <laughs> but coming back to, um, where are there opportunities for, for us to represent more people in our marketing? I mean, that's everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. just to pick one example, um, here in the States, um, as I, as I speak in September, 2021, um, there is, um, we are in the midst, midst of the Delta variant surge of, of COVID and, uh, uh, I cannot safely, uh, create new stock photos right now unless they're of me. So I've been, I've been modeling for my own, stuff, <laughs> but I make it, making my husband take the photos. 
But uh, but as soon as I'm able to work with other people again, I, I desperately need to do some healthcare photos um, mm-hmm. because we do not have uh, on planet Earth right now um, a good variety of respectful, like respectfully taken, non-shaming stock photos where mm-hmm. fat doctors are interacting with patients or fat patients are interacting with doctors. Uh, we just don't have that. It does not exist. And I can make that exist, but I, I got to have the safety to do it. But but there are opportunities everywhere. Um, everybody can can do something. If you don't have any people of color on your site, if you don't have any indigenous people, if you don't have any um, queer folks, if you don't have fat folks uh, on your website, I mean, there's always more we can do. There's always more I can do. And this is what I do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really important. There's always more we can do. And I have seen you talk about the, going back to what you were saying about the comparisons where, or if someone, um, a 24-year-old, you know, white blonde woman with a socially acceptable body posts that, you know, vulnerable piece of content in comparison, you know, I've seen you talk about this before and I've seen you talk about it in reference to your own content as well and how, you know, the impact is, is so different. And I think that this, it's, it's a conversation that I know I certainly want to be able to have with more people because I see this in my own business, you know, and it's, um, as I had mentioned, you know, for a long time, I said to myself, I don't see business owners who look like me. And this is very curious. And I'm like, am I not looking in the right places? Like, where do I find people who, who look like me? And it was a, it was a journey of both actively looking for bodies that looked like me, like actively searching on Google and looking for photography and people who you know, looked like me or had a body shape like mine, um, you know, were exercising in a body shape like mine, people of people eating. And, and like you say, there are so many ways in which we can, you know, we can definitely add more of this and, and not only have the conversations, but add more of this visually um, by, by actively seeking it out, but also by adding it into our own businesses where it fits. And one of the things that I both, I saw it when I was in the health and fitness industry, big time, (laughs) and I still continue to see it in stock photography is, you know, you were talking about, um, the healthcare, you know, and healthcare and taking photos in within that lens. And, this is something that I continue to see because if, you know, you go into Canva and you search for, um, through their stock photography and you search like plus size woman, the photos that come up are, she's unhappy. Mm-hmm. Her jeans don't fit. She's on scales. You know, these, these are the visuals that we are presented with continually. Mm-hmm. And for a fat person, this is how we feel when we often, when we go to healthcare providers, this is often how we feel and we can feel very anxious and nervous in that situation. And so, you know, being able to, you know, yes, it's uncomfortable, but then seeing this constantly validated, this idea of what, you know, is socially acceptable in society. Um, it's, 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 
it's really challenging to, you know, as a fat person to go out there and be like, find, not only find photography that I want to be able to use that represents how my, you know, who I want to help in my business and who, you know, the fact that a business can be diverse and inclusive and helping multiple, um, multiple people in marginalized bodies. And alongside that, the feelings that we have of our, of our own bodies and of ourselves. And I think this is, you know, this is where those challenges can definitely lie. And I definitely feel it in my, in my own business. And as I said, I feel like there's so many different things I would love to, um, ask you, but before we finish up today's session, um, I do want to ask you a question that I ask every single guest that comes on the show. So here at Entrepreneur Outlaws, we're all about doing business on our own terms. We're challenging the status quo and breaking molds, um, really embracing that kind of outlaw way of doing things. So I'd love to know how you see through your own business, what it means to be an entrepreneurial outlaw in the way that you run your business and the way that you've been doing things? You know, I think what, what comes immediately to mind is, is just being a photographer who deliberately focuses on bodies as they exist right now and focuses on, uh, on fat bodies, because in the photography industry, um, at least at the time that I started now, there are an increasing number, which is wonderful. Now there's an increasing number of body positive photographers and people who say I'm a fat photographer. Um, but at, in the industry as a whole, it's pretty much unheard of. And like, you have to really seek those people out. And because photography is so, um, aspirational. Mm -hmm. So, so if you go to, if you just Google for a photographer near you and pick a random one and go look at their portfolio, um, their portfolio is most likely full of, uh, of people who look like models because they are models. Um, many photographers fill their, their portfolio with these very aspirational models, um, who are not their actual clients. <laughs> um, and, and then the client photos may or may not make their way into the actual portfolios because when you're working with clients, you know, your clients have all kinds of different bodies and not all of those are, you know, socially acceptable. And so, uh, so those photos may or may not get displayed to anybody but the client, but, um, but these, everything is, is airbrushed and, uh, perfect. I'm using that word perfect to mean completely aligned with cultural beauty standards. Um, yeah. everything is, and, and if you, if you go to YouTube and you look at, <laughs> uh, and you look up things like, uh, Photoshop fat rolls or something like that, there will be hundreds of tutorials showing you how you, how to erase bodies. Um, and so, so most photographers won't put anybody with a fat roll in their portfolio because they will literally just erase the fat roll, um, or, or a wrinkle or, um, or a scar. And just the act of saying, no, that scar is part of your story. It stays that back roll is part of your body. Who am I to, you know, to tell you that your body needs to change? That's, that's pretty outlaw right there. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> just centering, centering fat bodies and, and centering the stories that we all hold in our skin. Um, I've worked with two different people now who had big scars, um, on their, 
um, just right below their breasts uh, and above their mm-hmm. stomach, sort of right in the, the core. And one of those was from a weight loss surgery. And one of those was from a heart surgery. And mm-hmm. one of those people, um, both of those people came in assuming that I would want them to cover it up. Um, yeah. Assuming that they needed to hide it, ashamed of that. And I said, well, you don't have to show it if you don't want to. I'm not going to force you. Um, but I, I would like to honor that scar. That is part of your story. That is part of your skin. You know, that, that has inherent value because it's part of you. Um, who am I to tell you that you need to erase that or hide it or change it? You know, no, I'm not going to Photoshop it out. <laughs> um, and, and of course not everybody is going to want, want to work with a photographer who isn't invested in, in making them look more socially acceptable than they actually are. But, but just that, it's very rebellious um, mm-hmm. and it's so it's life-changing for the people who experience it to finally be told, no, you're worthy of being photographed just the way you are. Um, and so, so the whole, my whole business structure is very uh, counter to the way, the way the rest of the industry works. And I, I'm pretty proud of that because it's, it's, uh, it's changing the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's very aloe. <laughs> It's very, very aloe. And it, I, I, as I was listening, you were explaining that it, it kind of it occurred to me how interesting it is that, you know, to come back to a topic we touched on earlier about authenticity and how this is, you know, pretty much overused in, in online business, especially, but even in just generally in the online space. And yet this need for authenticity is parallel to this need to, you know, fix people's supposed flaws fix the things that mm-hmm. are part of their story and it's it's so interesting how this has occurred where we've got this need for we want to be authentic and we want to be vulnerable and at the same time but but not not that authentic not that vulnerable and <laughs> uh-huh. so we're trying to mold you know this this perfect um this perfect balance of what it you know we have to look a certain way we have to look presentably authentic and it's it's so interesting because it it has been so weaponized and i remember one of the first things i learned when i started my online business was like, you've got to be vulnerable. You've got to be authentic. You've got to show everything. It's got to be like a reality TV show. And as someone who had pretty much tried to hide my body and myself for a long time, I was like, wait, what? (laughs) You want me to show everything? And I got, you know, I gradually got comfortable showing more and more. Interestingly, in the last couple of years, I have retreated and it's not I don't think it's just because of my body. I think it is just generally about that protection, about that understanding that I don't have to do those things just because someone has said that's what we have to do and their body is socially acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get to choose. I get to choose. And that's something you had said. So I just wanted to, to mention that because as you were talking, I was like, it's so interesting where we're at with these kind of two things that, you know, society is telling us and online business is telling us. And yet, you know, essentially stepping out of those boundaries and saying, no, I'm not doing that is, is so very outlaw. Yeah. Yeah. It's saying this is the, this is what I'm going to do in a way that works for me. And Mm -hmm. Uh, because we all only have so many resources, um, time, money, physical health, mental health, that we can spend on our businesses, um, support networks, um, connections, on and on. Those are resources that we have. 
And, uh, and we only have so many of those. And, and if I'm spending my mental health resources, um, putting myself out there in a way that I know is going to attract trolls and, and shamers and things, um, that is mental energy that I'm not spending on my clients. So, and, and that's okay too. Like I get to make those decisions and I, I wake up every morning and I get to decide. Um, but, but you get to decide what's right for you. There's no, um, there's no perfect, (laughs) there's no perfect right answer. Uh, and so, you know, we're all doing the best we can and that's enough. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This has been such a wonderful conversation. I feel like time has flown by Yeah, (laughs) and, um, as I said, so many things that I, you know, I'm so, I'm so eager to continue watching, um, you know, in, engaging with your content and and seeing um, as COVID restrictions hopefully start to lift and things shift, you know, seeing what comes with new photography as well. So I'm really excited to continue seeing that. So before we wrap up today, um, could you just let everybody know where they can find you online, how they can um, find your contents, um, and if there is anything in particular that you would like to share with everybody, um, feel free. This is your moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, of course. Uh, You can find all my work at bodyliberationphotos.com. Uh, I'm also, I'm very active on Instagram at body liberation with Lindley, L I N D L E Y. And, uh, and I do send out in my newsletter, three free stock photos every month. Uh, you can get that at bit.ly, which is B I T dot L Y slash body liberation guide. Or you can go to my website at bodyliberationphotos.com and click more. And it's uh, under the drop down at the top. You can get there as well. Um, but yeah, those are the, the primary places where I do share and, and talk about, I talk about fat acceptance, body image, power, business, um, things like, uh, things like sleep apnea and how it affects, uh, affects our body image, all kinds of body image related things and, uh, and diverse stock photography as well. So please come join me. Yes. And in particular, I wanted to say, I absolutely love the, um, the journal prompts that you share in t- on social media. Um, those are always really powerful and, and thought provoking for me. I'm like, Oh, I haven't thought about that through for my own body or, you know, through that lens. So it's really, really powerful. And I really appreciate that content. So make sure you go follow Lindley. We will link to everything in the show notes. Um, so that it's easily accessible. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time to come and speak with me today. And I'm so excited for everyone to hear this conversation. Thanks so much for having me. What an incredible episode. I'm sure you'll all agree that this was an incredible and much needed conversation. And I'm just so grateful for Lindley for coming on the show, taking the time to sit down with me and for answering these questions in just the most insightful way. It was so much fun to go back and listen to this episode as well. So I hope that it was really insightful. And of course, make sure you go and follow Lindley over on um, social media. You can sign up for the Body Liberation Guide. We'll link to everything in the show notes. Um, But just thank you, Lindley, again, for taking the time to be on the show. 
So in next week's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you some of the biggest takeaways that I had from my recent business retreat of sorts. Um, So a few weeks ago, I went to spend some time with my biz bestie, my best friend, um, and we have only actually met each other in, in real life. This will be our third time spending time together in real life. We've known each other since early 2020 and made friends through trusty old Instagram. But we got to spend six whole days together, which I think is a lot when you haven't spent that much time with somebody before, but it was so much fun. And I'm going to be sharing with you some of the big takeaways and kind of ahas and insights that I got from just going away for six days. Um, That's the longest, I realized this is the longest I'd been away, obviously since pre-pandemic. I've taken a couple of trips to London, but this was like six days and it felt, honestly, it felt really daunting getting prepared to go away because I needed to remember so many things. I was trying to decide what to take. Um, And because we were going to, we went to Wales and it was cold and wet and I needed to make sure I had plenty of layers and warm clothes, but also clothes that were comfortable for walks and being outdoors. So anyway, I am going to be sharing with you my biggest aha and insights and takeaways, what I got from that weekend, what we did, what the experience was for me personally, um, and be sharing all of that in next week's episode. And happy December, by the way. I can't believe it's, I don't want to be that person, but oh my gosh, it's December already. Um, Happy December, which means we only have a few more episodes left of this year, which also seems really strange. And I cannot wait to share with you some of the goals and some of the things I have planned for next year. I'm going to be doing that later on in the month, but next week, insights and takeaways from this retreat. So until next week, Outlaws. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Entrepreneurial Outlaws. If you see yourself as an entrepreneurial outlaw and enjoyed this episode, would you do me a small favor? It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take a moment to subscribe to the show and leave a rating and review. By leaving a review, you are helping me to grow our outlaw community and together we can show other entrepreneurs that breaking the rules can actually be good for business. Don't forget, you can find the show notes for today's episode along with any of the links that I mentioned on my website at melanienights.com forward slash podcast. And if we're not already virtual besties, you can come and hang out with me on Instagram. I am the one with the country music playing, the lukewarm coffee in my hand, and I'm dishing the dough on how we can make entrepreneurship more inclusive and transparent. Plus, I'll probably send you some fun gifts. So until next time, outlaws. Outlaws.